Join us for Craft Beer Professionals' Most Affordable In-Person Workshop, CBP Connects, presented by Arrive POS, this June 19th to 21st in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Twelve interactive sessions, three nightly receptions, and one opportunity to connect with craft beer professionals from across the country. Learn more at cbpconnects.com. That's cbpconnects.com. See you there. Cheers. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, this is funny because both of us have spoken in this group before, but we usually have Andrew with us. It's just us today. It just It's just us, Julie. Hello. Which is awesome. Hello to everybody um, that is viewing. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us this Tuesday morning. Um, I'm going to take a step back and let Dana introduce herself, and then I'll tell everybody who I am, and we will get started. Awesome. Okay, so okay, there is an echo, Julie. Do you want to mute just to see if that works? All right. Um, hi, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Love Day. Happy V-Day, whatever you celebrate today. Um, we're so excited to share some love with you on one of our favorite topics, which is um, speaking human um, and specifically like communication that just make teams have better relationships and get work done um, in a way that's actually enjoyable and effective. Um, and specifically today, we are talking to you about meeting or email and how to do that, how to speak human and develop a team to get work done in a virtual world. Uh, I am your co-facilitator, co-host today, Dana Kluzny. I am the co-founder and owner of Enswell Beer, which is a small batch brewery in Collingwood, Ontario, Canada, which is small batch in terms of uh, it's in the making. We're, uh, we're going, we're playing the long game to get it open, which many of you might be able to identify with. I also have... Um, another business as a facilitator and a business consultant. And I specifically support um, business partners uh, as well as teams uh, to get done work and actually enjoy it. Um, we're all playing the long game, I believe. The stakes are really high. It's not just our professional life, our personal life, our family, our sanity. And so I'm here to support people to uh, to get that work done and to to feel good about it overall, because we got to thrive in this life. That's me, Julie. Awesome. Okay. I'll try to mute myself like when I'm not speaking so that we can cut down if there's an echo. Um, I'm Julie Rhodes. Uh, I am the owner of Not Your Hobby Marketing Solutions. Uh, I'm a strategic business consult consultant. Well, jumping over my words here. Um, basically I teach, uh, small to medium size craft beer and cider companies, even like seltzer and other things, um, how to work smarter, not harder, um, just to make things a little bit easier on you. So, uh, I help guide folks through strategic sales planning, um, digital marketing planning and distribution management. Um, that has also over the years, interestingly enough, carried over into, uh, infrastructure. Um, leadership, management, consulting as well. Um, and so I find this topic very, very interesting. Um, Dana, also, if you recognize the um, Safe Bars Pact initiative, um, I have to thank Dana for being one of the huge driving forces behind organizing 
um, that initiative and helping keep our group cohesive and productive at the same time with Yay, Dana. And well, and that's a good segue because because when the Safe Bar, I think I really truly believe that the Safe Bar's Pact Initiative and the then the the group behind it, we came together in a much better way because we applied the principles that we're going to talk to you about today. Because when I came in, there was a lot of communication overwhelm. Uh, a lot of emails and reply alls and not the best use of time with virtual meetings versus emails. And uh, part of what we did was apply what we're going to be talking to you about today to make to make the process of coming together so much more enjoyable and effective, a better use of people's time. Um, and by using the practical tools that we have with all the communication technologies that exist, but like understanding when to apply each which one's better in a certain moment or situation than another one. So we're going to try to simplify that for you because these tools are there to support you, but how you apply them matters. Right. And just, um, I'm sure you've seen the QR code that's in your corner. Um, hopefully everybody has seen that. That's actually going to pop up on each slide just so you don't think you have to like snap it right now. You're not going to lose it. Um, we don't have that many slides, to be honest with you. Um, when Dana and I started collaborating about this, we wanted it to be as interactive as possible because there's no better way to like convey big ideas and like talk about productivity and efficiency and stuff like that, unless we get like real stories from people. So feel free to, first of all, you can blow up the comment section, um, on the Facebook group feed and also, uh, the YouTube feed, but, um, we also know that you don't necessarily want your name on everything all the time. And we wanted people um, to feel like they had permission um, to speak or ask questions anonymously. So um, if you scan this QR code, um, it's a little handy tool called Slido. Um, I'm actually going to be monitoring this um, on my mobile device as we go along through the discussion. So um, if you don't feel comfortable putting something up on social, whether it's a comment or a question, please feel free to scan that code, get into Slido. You can ask something anonymously and uh, we will address it as best as we can. So yeah. you ready? Ready, let's go. Let's do this. Okay, if I can hit the button correctly. Goodness, okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is what we thought might be some common occurrences that maybe lead to congested, I feel like that's a good word, congested yeah. communication, you know? Um, and I'm sure everybody has seen jokes online, like with the coffee mug or the t-shirt that says like, that meeting should have been an email or that, that email should have been a meeting. You know, jokes aside, um, you know, not to go cliche, but um, you know, COVID conditions, we kind of, it altered the way that we work together. That's the basics. We don't need to go, you know, too long into that, but it totally altered the way that like modern companies function. And we feel like anyone listening, like in this group might feel, might really resonate with some of these common issues. I know I do. Um, 
especially the email overload and the reply alls, that is one of my absolute uh, top like pet peeves is that when there's multiple people on an email and somebody hits the reply all, um, and then there's a back and forth and people are replying at different times or somebody throws an attachment in there. And then depending on what browser I'm on, whether I'm on the Gmail, like browser mm -hmm. interface or my MacBook client or on my phone. And maybe that's just my age. I don't know. But sometimes I can't follow the stream of no. like the stream of consciousness. Channel. Like, yes. Same thing. Like yeah. because, almost because group. <laughs> yeah. Like it's too instantaneous and it's not the right uh, environment for, for that. Um, Dan, yeah, we want to riff on some of the elaborate on some of these too. Yeah, what what happened is is we I think we realized by not being able to be in shared spaces anymore, being in the brewery together, the production area together, um, the office together, um, that we realized how vital communication is and how much we've kind of taken it for granted in terms of the ease of of how it is when we're all socially and physically together in the same space. And then as also um, with juggling multiple different departments, like I mentioned, I mean, that's something that existed pre-COVID. I think that everybody's been working towards. If you have uh, a group of people working in the production area and then you have a group of people in an office upstairs and then you have your tap room staff, you know, in one area of the building and you don't have you have people working at different times of the day like I mentioned, different locations, even within the same building. Um, then you look at all the expansion that's happened across for breweries and beverage companies across North America, and you're looking at people being in different time zones, um, juggling, you know, streamlined communication with all those factors at the same time becomes a real logistical nightmare. Um, and then just those things aside, you know, when it, it comes to setting expectations about, you know, how we want people to communicate some of the nuanced things, like how we best, how we want people to communicate, what information we want shared, what information is not to be shared on this platform or in this meeting. And with management read, really being able to set clear expectations. So those, the, the, the rest of everybody, again, that trickle down the leadership effect that it becomes streamlined for everyone, that's often really challenging. Julie touched on the email overload and replies all, so I'm not going to go to that. And then another thing that's happened is, you know, there's been this big push to like break apart silos. We have so many silos. And so uh, in some ways we overcomplicated it by saying, okay, well, to break the silos, we need to bring everybody together and we need to have all these meetings. And then we have all these meetings, whether they're in person or virtual, and it gets to the point where people end up resenting the meetings or not wanting to come to them. And people, like the last point on this slide, do people actually like working together? If people don't actually like coming together for those meetings, then they those meetings become kind of redundant or unproductive and they lack a purpose or an intention that's actually going to help get work done. So maybe you're experiencing some of these. If you have any other um, co like common issues that you face uh, in your brewery with 
communication, please add them in the chat. These are the top ones that that we come across and that we're going to be addressing today in terms of how to best use the tools available to you and a strategy for communication so that you can mitigate and sort of, you know, get away from uh, move past some of these issues. Yeah, I think um, something that uh, Dana had added um, in our like discussion notes before we decided to come on and like, you know, put these slides together and everything. And I love it is that just because you have a whole bunch of all hands meetings or because you have a Slack thread or because you have a Zoom schedule that has like multiple touch points with all the departments doesn't necessarily equate to productive or efficient. Like it, it equates to a lot of action. Or good or, relationships. Or good relationships. So, you know, I think quality over quantity. I don't know why I just now thought about that, like in speaking about this, like that's kind of yes. where we want people to go with all of this. So and and in and being intentional. So we're gonna support you to take the time to it, you know, be intentional about how you communicate and when and with what tools and how often. So again, it's about the quality of of the communication that you have to develop your teams, not all the different methods or all all the different um, uh, ways that you consistently do it. Exactly. All right, I'm gonna let you lead on this because this is your jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we, why this is important. So why is communication so vital? Because, um, as I've mentioned before, a, a brewery, like people go, oh, what is collaboration? Like we hear this word all the time. Well, your brewery is a collaborative project. Everything about it is collaboration. And that's really just different people coming together with different, um, they have different needs. Uh, they have different skill sets. And all of those things are coming together to co-create something that is amazing, co-create a beer, co-create a hospitality experience, uh, co-create, you know, sales across North America of your of your beer and brand recognition. All of this is coming together. And at the at the core, the core foundation of collaboration is effective communication, because that's how we we are able to listen to one another and build those um, build on those ideas that co-create something special. So most importantly, why we want to bring intentionality and thoughtfulness to how we communicate is because that, that in turn creates better relationships to actually get the work done. And again, collaboration for the sake of collaboration, just because you have to do it um, and, and you don't really want to, like I tell everybody, like, if you're not, a, if you don't enjoy collaborating and working with other people, that is totally okay. Know your strengths and focus maybe on, on, on another area of, of business that, that works where you can work more independently. But in general, for collaboration to work, people need to be focused, relaxed, and having fun. They actually need to enjoy showing up um, to communicate with one another. Because when people are in that state, the ideas that are generated, they come through so seamlessly, 
they're often better ideas. And then because of that, we can drill down on the work that's required to fulfill those ideas and get it done quicker. Um, and to be able to have these great meetings, whether they are in person or virtual, to actually spaces to bring people together, most importantly, they all need great leaders, okay? You know, that it doesn't mean it's the same leader every time, but somebody who is driving the purpose of that meeting, keeping people inspired with that purpose and keeping the momentum going from that meeting to best to best use the time and the resources of the skills of the people who are showing up. You need somebody who's actually taking notes. Um, you know, it's got to be more than just talk. I can't tell you how many people, you know, sit in a meeting, they, you know, for an hour, they share all these great ideas. And at the end, they go, that was a great meeting. And they're no closer to getting anything done. Um, so we're not meeting for the sake of meeting. We're making sure that that talk translates into written actions, because sometimes when it's written out and it's clear, we realize that maybe that's not actually what we intended to do or what we want to do. Um, and we need people who want to be there, which is why it's really important to think thoughtfully about who needs to be at this meeting and, and who doesn't. Um, because people who want to be there, you've got, you got that front of the class energy and people who are motivated to be there. Overall, it's going to be a, um, a more productive uh, way of communicating and sharing ideas. That's excellent. Um, I think to touch on just a few things and then we'll move forward again. But um, a lot of the times... I catch myself and people that know me know that I quote Brene Brown like consistently all the time. But um, from her book, Dare to Lead, she just has this really simple principle of what is done look like. Right. So like in thinking about like collaborating, getting together, like to accomplish something um, and there's in knowing the type of collaboration. Right. Are we collaborating to get something done? Are we collaborating just to build relationships like team building? Um, but knowing what, and I put this in the notes and Dana was like, what does this mean? Like knowing what point B looks like, getting from A to B, like knowing what that end result is, um, is good to know with whatever you're doing, even if it's just writing an email, like what's my, uh, what am I trying to accomplish? So like, if it's not gonna accomplish anything, Maybe you don't do it. Maybe it's excessive, you know, communication if it's not going to be beneficial in some way. Um, and then I also think, you know, about can the leader of the meeting, like, take that on themselves and know how to get those, like, facilitate to get people to that, like, end point of that, like, we accomplish what we came here to do, whether that's an email or a virtual meeting or an in-person meeting. Um, note takers. Yes. Like next steps, right? What are the next steps? We had a great meeting. What are the next steps? And then people who want to be there, um, again, in our, in your reference notes, you said it's okay to have silence. Yes. In meetings. Like it's okay. It's okay to be introverted and not like be like, at a meeting, like that is okay. And you don't need to fill the silence with like junkity junk. You know, it's it's the 
the quality of what is being shared and the connection points. And I think the comfort level, not to jump around too much, but it's one thing to just say, we have an open door policy and you can come see us whenever you want to. Usually the people that have issues that you should be addressing in an open door policy probably won't step up and do that. But you've got to cultivate like a company culture that reinforces like, it's okay to say like, I don't like this. I don't feel comfortable doing this. This is not one of my strengths. This is one of my weaknesses. This is how I collaborate well. This is how I accomplish things. Um, and as leaders, whether that's an owner, operator, manager, you know, um, department head, what, you know, whatever it is, that's on you to cultivate that culture of, you know, that really is when people talk about inclusive company cultures, I think that's really what it is, is yeah. seeing, I see you, I hear you and how can we work better together? And it just a, a, a good example of this when we talk about that, that that cultivation or curating the group to come together is and and keeping it inclusive is just as an example uh, a brewery that I worked for um, we were moving to a, a new system called Duo Tanks so basically serving tanks in the tap room they're from cool you know very big in in. Europe and uh, we were bringing them in. And so technically speaking, there was like a lot of different people who had to be a part of that. Um, you know, when we, when we started having thinking about how we were going to meet to get that done, we didn't think, okay, so just, just our sort of like our, our team, our, our draft maintenance team, those members can just be there because they're going to be doing the work. Um, and then we'll have a, you know, a separate meeting where we'll let all the staff know what we had done. We thought, okay, if we think of this as a project, who needs to be there in terms of who has an invested interest? And so obviously the two leads of the draft maintenance team, um, we decided would be part of all communications, whether that was in-person meetings or emails. Um, we knew that there was a supervisor, um, that we had multiple supervisors in the retail store, so the tap room, but we knew that two of them were particularly excited by this project. And so we decided as a team that they would be part of that project team and they would be included in all the communications. And then um, our our retail manager as well as, and this was kind of the, the weird one, but we had somebody in the marketing team who was very interested in the storytelling around the history of this system and all of that. They were a part of it. All different skill sets, but we made sure that they were a small core team that would be at the center of all communications. And that way they would then act and we set the expectations in advance. They would act as almost the beacons of communication of updates within their existing teams so that everybody was kept in the loop, but not everybody had to be brought in. We didn't have this huge team of people that were always weighing in and it worked very well. Um, and again, but we took the time and I say we as the project leads and the managers in that case, we took the time to think about who would be best involved in this. And we took time to listen to other people about where their interests were and their excitement about wanting to actually participate and bringing them in. Oh, that's a great example. And while I go to the next slide, I'll just say, it, you know, for as much as Dana and I might use like big buzzwords today, like communication and collaboration and, you know, company culture and things like that, 
Um, I just want people to know it doesn't matter the size of your organization. This applies to everybody. Yep. And, you know, Dana and I have both been in the CBP group for quite, for quite some time. And we see like people's problems and where they're coming from, whether it's startup, nano, small, medium, regional, you know, whatever size brewery in planning, you know, this is something that applies to everyone across the board. So um, we thought it would be good to give some examples of, you know, benefits of different channels um, that you can use um, kind of as like a guide, a rough guide. It's not comprehensive, but a, but a rough guide. Um, and we'll go through these next three slides pretty quickly because we do want to have more of a discussion about the dynamic of everything. But um, when to use each. When to use each. Right. Right. Dana, do you want to start on the email? Yeah. So really quickly, um, benefits of using email. Uh, I, uh, as a startup brewery um, on a small budget, um, who's going through a lot of permitting, we have uh, engineers, we have uh, an architect, we have planners, um, and we're paying for all of them. So for every time we communicate, you know, they're tracking down how much time they put into it. And then that's what they're going to bill you for. And so that matters. So benefits of an email for us in that situation is that um, when we don't need to have a discussion altogether, but we want all those, like I said, all those consultants to be on the same page about the next steps. So here we are in the permit application project process. Here are the next steps based on what each person is going to be working on and how that so that so everybody knows like what everybody's working on and who's dependent on what information to move forward. That's where email is great. You can do mass delivery of updates um, of almost like a, a quick to do list. You're informing your team on what everyone else is working on and timelines, but you're doing it quickly so that, you know, you're not having to organize a meeting where everybody comes in person to share updates. It's just, you know, an email, somebody's reading it, maybe they're glossing over it for a couple minutes, they're seeing their piece and they're, you know, they can simply reply back to it, either everyone or just the project lead and say, I got it and any questions. So everybody's on the same page. But it's, it's based on, you know, either simple questions to get a quick answer, as Julie put on the slide. If, if we start moving into the complexities of you know, this particular aspect of, um, you know, the drawing, for instance, the building permit drawing, it's not working and we're having, you're seeing it go back and forth. You got to stop the email and that's when you move on from that. Uh, but quick information to, to make sure that everybody's informed and up to date, email, best friend. Yeah. Especially if it's a yes or no, or a number, you know, um, I teach sales and distribution management. So my brain immediately goes to examples of like, how does this show up? You know, when I'm doing work with my clients or work with sales teams, it would be like salespeople out there. If you were a sales rep and you emailed a, a beer buyer and said, would you like a keg of Julie's lager? Yes, two please. Like, that's great <laughs> for, an, for an email. That's very, you know, um, 
do you need to reach out to a buyer and copy a whole bunch of uh, people on it and say, uh, do you want a keg of this? And can we do an event on this day? And can I, uh, will you let me know when your menu is changing and you have sort of a, like different layers of going different directions? Probably not your best medium for an nope. email. Um, and I think complexity is something that's a key word right there. Um, is it complex? Do you have multiple people on there? Are you looking for feedback that might be complex? Um, now, I can think of a time, and this is a good example of uh, a complex email, but the difference is, uh, like if anybody out there is doing like a beer festival or um, like a conference, something like that, and the, the organizer is sending a very complex email with instructions about like registration, things to bring with you, you know what I mean? Things like that. But here's the deal. What you'll notice about those most of the time is that you can only see your name and there is nobody on the CC line, hopefully. And this is maybe a good rule of thumb for people. When you BCC somebody, blind copy, it means that you don't expect a response. Like informative, right? Like I'm giving you that, I'm serving you this information. I'm serving you instructions that is relevant to what we're doing together. But if you're not, and, and people misuse this quite a bit. And Dana, I don't know if you've seen that as well, but um, when you're on a, a copy line, like a CC line, um, that is for like action. You know, like I want your input. I, I want you to chime in on this. And I think you're part of the conversation. I just think sometimes when I see a CC line with like 30 people in it, I'm like, oh no, this is going down fast. Like yeah. it's going to get bad, like real, real quickly. <laughs> so maybe, you know, best practice to take away from this is if you have a lot of folks that you're informing, try using a BCC for like non-action, you know? Um, and, and use that as a way to kind of guide you moving forward. But I also think about it as like, you know, it's a one-way street. Like there's a one-way flow of communication. Like maybe, um, maybe there's a turnaround with an answer, but then it kind of ends there. Yeah, I feel it's, like predominant, it's predominantly one way. Um, and once we get it, once it turns into, you know, two-way multiple lanes of traffic like that's when the, the, you sort of got to stop and, and halt and go okay we might, might actually need to move to like a group call whether that's virtual or get on the phone or um or bring everybody together for a virtual in-person meeting just really quickly on the hot tips um so in julie's case just so it's clear if people haven't used the bcc in this way before your two would be to yourself yeah. So you're yeah. emailing it to yourself and you're BCCing everyone else for just informing. And also a nice thing about that is if somebody hits reply, it only comes to you. It's not inundating everybody else. Whereas if you put everybody in the CC and somebody can easily hit reply all, then everyone is getting that. So think really intentionally about how you use that. Um, and then another hot tip is your subject line is your best friend. 
I can't tell you how many times I've spent more time thinking about an effective subject line than the actual email itself. Because I, and my tip is um, before I put, I like the, the main part of the email or the subject line that I, that people see first, um, I would, I put in caps and I would put like in all uh, capital letters and I will say like for review, action required, um, just something, just something that gives people an idea right away what I'm expecting and then put beside it like colon, whatever it is, like, you know, st uh, strategic, like, um, you know, beer release, like, or our beer release campaign or something like that. Or, um, so just think carefully too about not just how you use the the two cc and the bcc but also your subject line those can really really help with emails yeah for anybody who does chain sales that is like why are they so particular about spreadsheet names and subject lines when it says like julie's brewing company fall reset submission new item form fall 2023 that is very findable for that person that is juggling yep. thousands of emails because it's very specific. So it's kind of like naming a photo that you want to find later instead of just having like image 931 B-12. <laughs> you want to have photo of Dana and Julie at CBC 2023 or whatever, you know, whatever it is so that yeah. you can easily locate it. So. so somebody can, can somebody can run a search and, and sort of see like, uh, uh, you know, like again, just on the beer release theme, like whatever the name of your new IPA, make sure that that's in the subject line. Because if anybody's ever wanting to go back and track and be like, oh my gosh, what, what was it? Like they can type it in the search and then everything can come back up. Yep. All right. So let's talk about, again, I'm going to let you run wild with this benefits of in-person meetings. Yeah. Okay. So quick example. So going back to this, you know, we've got this team of consultants, we're on a, 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 you know, small budget trying to do this independent small batch brewery. We need to best use our time. So like I said, email for updates. Now we're also working with the town, our local town and um, the planning department and the engineering and the water department. And we had a scenario where our engineers um, and the engineers at the water department were going back and forth on calculations. Like we have to meet a certain number to be for water calculations to be able to move forward. Our engineers are saying one thing, the uh, town's engineers are saying another thing and they're going back and forth, back and forth. Okay, email has got to stop. In this case, what we did was we simply said, okay, we would like to organize a virtual, this was in, in this case, we it was in person, but in person virtually. Um, we'd like to organize uh, just a meeting. We want to go over the water calculations, make sure everybody's understanding one another about the methodology that's being applied and all the nuances of it to move forward with the solution. In five minutes, of meeting in person, it was solved. And not only solved, but then it became clear that one particular engineer was the lead and they were the person that needed, they, they had like the information, they were that like um, the gatekeeper from the town. 
So all of a sudden now our engineers are like, okay, we need to make sure that this person is in the loop always. Another example uh, similarly is, and this was the difference between understanding a virtual meeting like what I just told you and an in-person. Our architect was at a point with the drawings with somebody else who was consulting with the town where there was so much back and forth. What needed to happen was actually getting everybody in the same room with the printed drawings in front of them so that visual thinkers could look at things, talk it out and figure it out with the foundation of that drawing in front of them and go over all the new nuances and come to the solution. In that case, in 15 minutes, everything was resolved. And even more so, the relationships between the two were strengthened so that we had the we had almost the buy-in so that if we had a quick question, the person who was consulting for the town was willing to pick up the phone and just answer it rather than going through the bureaucratic process of like tracking and timing and no, you have to wait. So there are benefits to both. And it's just, again, knowing when we need to exchange ideas, when we need input, when we need to finesse like the creativity behind an idea, we need to build a better relationship. Um, again, bring people together so that working together feels a little bit more enjoyable um, and we can delegate work a lot quicker. This is when an in-person or a virtual meeting where you see people or you see what you're working on is so important. Definitely. And I think about um, in my context, like my line of work, um, this makes me think of why uh, from the supplier side, like from the, you know, from the producer side, um, if you're selling beer or cider or whatever it is um, in the wholesale channel um, and you do like a product training, with one of your accounts so that they can better um, integrate that, like immerse themselves in your brand because you want them to have that connection. Mm -hmm. um, that's not so strong virtually, and it definitely can't be conveyed in an email. There's something very dynamic about um, like sensory and tactile and, you know, there, there's a back and forth. Um, so it can be highly engaged um, and there's feedback, there's tasting, there's smelling, there's, you know, things like that, like that, that is a great thing to do in person. Um, there's tone of voice. Like, let's not forget language, that tone of Body voice. Language. Yes, yes, yes. Most people don't realize that, um, that with communication, um, it's like over 70% of communication that, that, that people take in is no, is has nothing to do with the words. So if you're spending all this time thinking really eloquently about the words of an email, but then somebody, you have no control once it gets to somebody's inbox and what they're reading is not so much the words, but, but more than 70% are coming at it from tone. And, and there, and again, out of, out of your control, how people subjectively interpret the tone of an email. So when you bring people together, it becomes a lot clearer the intention behind somebody's words with tone, with body language. And that is how you have more effective communication where everybody actually gets on the same page. Yeah. I actually, um, not to go off on a tangent, but I actually learned something 
knew about body language the other day and I wanted to share it because I think it's interesting. And I, I'm always um, from, I've always been taught the adage that if somebody crosses their arms, um, that that is closing off, right? That's creating a barrier between me and you, right? That I'm like, um, I'm, I'm not open to what you are sending to me um, communication wise. Um, and so I get worried sometimes when I'm speaking with somebody and they have their arms crossed. The counterpoint that I just learned about the other day is that some people do that to self-soothe. Yes. To make them feel more comfortable. That, um, you know, when you're like lounging at home, having a cup of coffee or watching a good show, you know, or enjoying, um, you know, like a sport or something like that, you might do this because you're comfortable. You know, it just makes you comfy. So anyways, I, or, I love that. Or if you're me, you're freezing. How many people are saying, like, honestly, you're cold. I'm cold. I'm giving myself like a mini hug. To a little hug. My body warmth. So some of these, but this is really important because some of these social cues, um, we get, we get better at understanding through practice. And so if you're not already integrating the practice of being in a space in person with someone, so you're only virtual and you're missing that, please consider building more of a practice within your brewery or organization of have, of hosting in-person meetings once in a while so that everybody can learn from each other's social cues and have a much better idea of what's actually going on versus the stories they have in their head of what they think is happening and going on. Yep. The good old ladder of inference in people's heads. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about some benefits of actually working virtually. There are benefits to this. We know Zoom burnout is real, but there are benefits to collaborating virtually. Yeah. Um, big shout out to Tom Halaska, who's been in uh, CVP uh, before, and Tom and I have presented together. But we were actually just chatting about this and, and how he applied a, a really great way of applying this hybrid approach. So um, basically, there was a, a he works for uh, Ritual, uh, Ritual Spirits, um, non-alcoholic brand, and they were doing a launch in L.A., but they're based in Chicago. So. They have a team in LA, they do this, they have a whole week of events. Well, what he did was he put together a PowerPoint presentation of the, the summary of that week and some of the results, the outcomes of the launch in LA. But instead of sending and just simply an email with that as an attachment or waiting to bring everybody in a, in a room in Chicago together to do the presentation, um, what he did was he used uh, Loom, which is a free tool, and he was able to create a three-minute video, so a really quick pitch going through the slides, but like three minutes high level of just like, this was this was sort of like what you need to know about the launch and what you kind of need to know high level about this presentation in terms of the summary of it. Great thing about Loom too, and using something like that is somebody can change the speed to like 1.5 so that the speaker talking is it's a lot faster. So if you're a slow talker, even you as the presenter can can change the speed um, afterwards so that it's a lot quicker. 
And then he sent that to people with the attachment of the presentation. So that way people in different time zones and different parts of the country could get the information. They watch the three minute pitch. They can easily see it on their phone versus their computer because it's compatible with both. We need to think about that. And then it was an invitation for people to go through the slides, the presentation on their own time to the areas that they were most interested in. And then that became anything that had to do with the questions and going through it. They almost got the prep. So when they came for their all hands meeting, in this case, whether it was in person or virtual, everybody was already prepared. And I just loved that example because it used numerous ways of communicating, but very intentionally to make sure that people got the information they need, they weren't overwhelmed, um, and time was being used so wisely. And like you know, our slide says, it's a launch runway for more. It's an it's a it's the the launch or the the stepping off point to an in-person meeting or a virtual meeting that's already grounded with an, a purpose and with people already having an idea of what they need to know, the foundation of what that meeting is going to be about. Yeah, definitely. And I've, I've done a little bit of that before where like I have a production team that gets together uh, like a rough calendar of, of what they want to do for the year. Um, and they're able to kind of elaborate on that a little bit and then it gets handed off to the sales team and then we're able to come together later on virtually to talk about um you know feedback from the retail market like will this work will this not work you know what i mean so it saves a little bit of time of just you know presenting all of that like blah and then it doesn't give the sales team time to think about it and come up with productive feedback. So then you can either meet virtually or honestly, I'd rather do those in person. Um, but the prep work is definitely virtual. And I think um, this also applies to anybody that is aligned with a wholesaler. Um, you know, I'm old school. I was doing supplier sales a long time ago before anybody was using Zoom. And every time we had an annual brand planning meeting, which is like end of year, you meet with your wholesalers, you come up with a plan um, together uh, for what the next year looks like together. And usually you share goals. Um, it used to be in person every single time. And it was owners traveling, sales reps traveling, coordinating schedules, booking a meeting room, you know, all those things, right? Um, and the thing is, you, what we learned during COVID, you don't really need that. You don't. You can do all that in a virtual meeting. The, the hybrid approach is we're going to send out an agenda. This is what we're going to cover. Here's my presentation beforehand. The visuals that you use in an ABP meeting are very easy to see on screen. They're not complicated, uh, like blueprints or whatever. And you know what? It saves everybody time. And you don't need that, you know, in pomp and circumstance and people traveling halfway across the U.S. Now, if there's other things to be done, like you have to sample a new product or show them a physical point of sale material that you're testing out, like something that would change the dynamic, right? So like there's more feedback needed. There's more um, an exchange of ideas. Yes, go in person. But for the past couple of years, 
with my client partners, we've been doing ABP meetings 100% on Zoom because they're very efficient and everybody has the information that they need. And then we move into execution mode and it's lovely. Honestly, it doesn't bother me at all not doing them in person anymore. So yeah. yeah. And it is a launch run, right? For other intentional meetings because we can follow it up with, you know, brand manager meetings, chain manager meetings, like marketing teams, so on and so forth. But that initial groundwork there is done. All right. I love this graphic that Julie put together. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify, cause you're walking right now and taking this in or driving, um, uh, check, maybe just come back to this exact moment, which would be 50 minutes into our presentation, just to look at the 50 minute mark, just come and look at this, um, this visual because what we have here is we have the intersection of uh, two circles. So we've got send an email is one circle. We've got meet in person is another circle. And we have them overlapping for the hybrid virtual approach. And th to us, it's a good way of symbolizing that all the form different forms of communication are distinct, and yet they do integrate to work together in different ways. And it's not like pick one and just, you know, commit to that. It's it's being flexible in your communication. That's the most important thing. And flexibility is not just for the purpose of what what you're trying to communicate, but also how the different people that are going to be engaged, what are their preferences for how they like to be communicated with? And if that if there's like there's one thing I would like you to take away from today. It's before you even start down the path of, of especially when you're thinking about developing your teams and com team communication, before you actually, you know, you know, do an in-person meeting or anything like that, ask the question of the team. And this, this could be like a little survey or whatever, or just an in-person thing. Ask how people like to be communicated. Do you prefer virtual meetings? Do you prefer um, messaging channels like Slack or WhatsApp? Um, uh, uh, your, if you have um, uh, Microsoft Office, uh, oh, Teams, that was one, like a Teams chat. Um, do you like being in person? Ask these things. Ask people if they like email versus messaging. Ask these things to get a better sense of what are the patterns and trends with the, this particular team that you're looking at. Because if people enjoy and feel like you're meeting where they, them where they're at for communicating, they're way more likely to engage and show up um, and to keep the communication going so that it can evolve within that team. So just because you love in-person meetings doesn't mean that that's the way to go all the time, especially if you have people that that's just it's that's not something that they can really commit to. Um, so always ask and figure out the preferences, the communication preferences of your team first and go from there. That is so incredibly important. Um, I actually use that in the uh, I'm a I'm a mentor in the BA mentorship program. I can't say enough wonderful things about that program. Um, but what that does is um, put me in a position where I have to communicate with a large number of people 
on different platforms. And one of the first things we get out in the open when I start working with a mentee is how do you want to do your learning session hmm. together? What makes sense for you? And, you know, I'm on Zoom all the time that I like live here. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't at all. It allows me to work with clients all over the globe, which I think is absolutely wonderful. Um, but if it's somebody local, uh, we actually choose to meet in person because there's that like dynamic, you know, it's like this fun, uh, just tumultuous, like flow of ideas and back and forth and, you know, actively asking questions and actively listening to each other. Um, and some people like to meet with me on Zoom and they like recordings. They like to go back and watch things, you know, for reference again. And honestly, I've worked with some people that have just said, I am totally burned out on Zoom. Can we just talk on the phone? Yeah. Love the phone. Let's let's not, you know, let's, let's not back the phone. phone. <laughs> right? Pick up the phone and call someone. It doesn't always need to be a Teams meeting or a Zoom meeting. We don't always need to see each other face to face. A good example of that is if you need to work through a conflict with someone, so there, there's something, there's there's a dynamic that's not working or there's a communication issue and you just need to have that honest conversation. I can tell you right now that face-to-face -face communication for those situations do not work for everyone and it actually enhances the level of tension. So and stress uh, and stress, right? Ooh. So in that case, there are ways, especially if you're working remotely, set the intention, say, Hey, you know what? I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about, um, what happened Friday in the tap room. Um, I'm going to give you a call. Let's go. Let's each go for a walk while I'm, while we're having the call, I'm going to go for a walk. And, and this could be not just for conflict. I love this anyways. So you have a phone call, you put your headphones on and you each go for a walk in whatever your places are. The, when people are able to, to do something, so they're moving their body while taking in information and they're not directly face to face with someone, it, it creates this, um, this sense of safety and space that is really, really important. So, you know, that, that is always an option to pick up the phone and not just like sit picking up the phone, but I have another friend who has to pace when they're on the phone and that doesn't work well in a meeting, an in-person meeting or a Zoom meeting. So understand those things and, and that that's available to you and you can use those wisely as well. And, um, I also use the phone. I, you know, I assist people with onboarding. Um, so, you know, hiring, uh, interviews, things like that. And people are shocked when I, when I say, let's talk on the phone for a bit first, and then we'll move on to other stuff if it's a good fit. And, um, it's a really efficient way to, you know, talk to a job prospect, um, or an applicant. Um, and I find that it also removes that barrier of, do they have Zoom? Do they have a computer? Do they have yeah. available? You know what I mean? Like um, most people have a phone or have access to a phone um, somewhere. And also I'm not setting up bias beforehand. I have no idea what they look like. I have no idea what their 
um, pronouns or preferred gender or, you know, whatever that is, right? So um, it feels like a very level playing field. Um, and you can get a lot done on the phone. Um, yeah. And that comes also full circle back to tone, which a lot of the times we use these digital communications that are very flat, like email or Slack or something like that. And intentions can be very skewed very quickly um, because you don't get somebody's tone or inflection or cadence or body language or something like that. So um, a lot of the times I find communication can get very messy um, because you don't really fully understand that person's perspective or their intention. And in, in that, in that thing too, with, with most messaging channels now, um, Voxer is, is, is one, I mean, WhatsApp is great. They all have the, the voice cap, like the voice note capability. And so if you have somebody in your team that is a verbal processor and would prefer to do a voice note, invite that, encourage that. The one disclaimer that I will say is, um, ask them you know, especially if there's a lot of people on the chat, ask them to do a message first before the voice note that's like three minutes long to just say, here's a quick, here's a quick um, uh, update uh, from me. I've thought about this problem that we're looking to solve and I have a few ideas. Listen to the voice note for more. That way, if somebody's in the chat and it, and at this point, maybe they're not involved in that particular problem solving for that problem, they can choose to not listen to the three minute or five minute long voice note. Um, so a, a little, like just a little quick chat with like an arrow or something is really important for, for people who love to do the voice note. That's great. You and I do that together and I love it. It's like I get a preview and then... An elaboration and i'm like oh yeah. this makes so I did much that sense <laughs> well julie sent this presentation in an email um i opened it up reviewed it but i only had a some uh some quick notes and instead of emailing i just we have a messaging we have um text between us i sent her a quick text you know just saying thank you this is awesome i have a few questions some of them i need to just verbally process in terms of giving you the context of what i'm sort of not understanding and questions i have so here's the voice note for that and then it was the voice note for that and then julie is able to like listen she puts in her comment and boom and that it, it, it took, in, what is that, Julie? Like that back-to-back -back of finalizing this presentation took us like maybe in total two minutes. Right. And it allows me the space to, because Dana and I are in different time zones, I can go at my own pace in my own time zone. Um, there's, uh, we're engaged in back and forth communication, productive communication, but we're being efficient and we're also observing each other's boundaries. And most importantly, I forgot to tell you the prep work because this actually is kind of cool. It looks it, we, we're bringing it all together full circle from this experience <laughs> of this presentation. But did we did we um, go back and forth emailing or back and forth text and voice noting with one another to build this presentation? Absolutely not. We scheduled a one hour meeting. We set the intention. This one hour is going to be specifically for us to brainstorm and finalize what the like get down what the we want the presentation to be. 
in that hour, we got what we needed. We delegated. Julia's like, okay, I'm going to make the updates and I'm going to send it to you. And I was like, all right, I'm busy until this date, but then I am going to give you the notes and we'll finalize it before Tuesday. So we used an in-person virtual meeting. We used our uh, text and voice notes and we used email, but we used them very effectively based on what was needed and when. And email was basically used just for scheduling, honestly, just for scheduling information and that's about it. But it was very efficient. It felt very seamless. Uh, both of us felt heard and seen and here we are. I think it's pretty damn good. <laughs> so it, I, I, I'm not sure if, if, if there are people here live or not, and that's okay. But if, um, if anybody has, if anybody's listening to this on Spotify after the fact, and you have some questions or that you've got, to, you want somebody to like, even just talk through a particular communication challenge, Julie and I would love to hear from you um, and we'd love to collaborate with you. So um, my contact um, at danacluzny.com in the contact, I actually offer free collaboration. They're free 30 minute collaboration calls. And if you have a particular communication challenge or you have something that's come through after listening or watching this presentation and you want somebody to, to chat with about that, please follow up with me there. So on that contact page, and if you're looking to integrate better communication practices that are customized, um, not just with your team, but if you're in partnership. So if you're like me and you're running your brewery with uh, also your, uh, <laughs> your partner in life and love, and you know that you need to work on the communication between you because it's feeling kind of stressful and you want a, a third person, you know, I always say, like, are you ready for your first business threesome? I would love to <laughs> be that. So accurate, though. That covers so many people in this audience. I cannot even tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, you uh, you if you have, if you're in a twosome with somebody that you care about and you're trying to consult and make the business better um, and communication might just be one of those components. I offer uh, better business partners, business consulting specifically for you. So I can be your third. Ooh, so good. So good. And, and this is me. If you want to get a hold of me, if you're, you know, on the struggle bus with any of your, um, you know, selling techniques or planning, uh, digital marketing, I say digital because I'm not a merch gal. Like I don't really do the physical stuff. I do all the digital things online um, or distribution management, uh, team management, leadership, uh, things like that. I would be tickled to hear from you. Um, so feel free to, you know, send us an email and then that can lead to other things like virtual or in-person communication. So <laughs> this has been lovely. Dana, thank you so much. Thank you, Julie. I am, uh, I always feel like a better person after I get to do stuff with you. Ah, uh, so. yeah, me too. This is so fun. So yeah, so, um, and, and we will... Well, we'll see you again soon. Yeah, I think so. And um, Andrew is afar, but I think he's going to end um, the broadcast for us. And uh, this will live forever on the, in the CBP uh, Facebook group um, in the video section and also, also on the, the YouTube, YouTube channel. The YouTube channel as well, totally free all the time. Thank you to the industry partners for that.
um, and feel free to reach out to us anytime. But thank you for spending some time with us today. Bye, everyone. Bye. If you like this content, please subscribe, share with other craft beer professionals, and give us a five-star review. Cheers.